your skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. You might think so scary skeletons, your soul will shiver. Because it's not great. The truth is, episodes 1 through 20 are basically all tests on how to do the show. So I didn't really understand how to do it until like 25, 26. And by then I had the main mic. So if, if you listened, if you had... I feel like one of the reasons I haven't had you on yet is because it's taken me like 50 episodes to figure out how I do this. And every, you know... Every time, every every new episode is like a completely new attempt at running this show. Okay. Like new something new baby. happens with the it's editing just, process. Okay. Okay. Every episode I have Franz McBoohoo on, like they're all fucking different. Okay. I'd like to think there's like a distinct style we run with, stories we're akin to, no fucking way. They're <laughs> all different. Every episode is fucking different. Which is great because of the variety. So I wanna I wanna start. I have to start by talking about how I've known you like all my life. I've known you like all my life, man. Where is this going? And uh and you don't get on my fucking show until episode seventy. <laughs> <laughs> You're like one of my best uh, friends. I'm, uh... <laughs> I'm Tom Vongado. I can only come in on the like fourth I... chapter and then I disappear. So, so I... this is clearly just, chapter four. Just a precurse. Just just a precursor. Before we started recording, the first thing I said to him was like Hey, we might go to some places. We might go to some places during this episode. Don't take it personally. If anything, ignore it. Here we are. Welcome to that place. So we are. We uh, I I have to introduce you. Your fucking name. I've had your name planned for maybe three months. <laughs> just just under yes, the yes. just under like the like grand scheme of context that like you might pop up. Somewhere, and I might, <laughs> I might see you. Might, maybe. So I've, I've just, I've, you know, a lot of people earlier on, they came into this with, like, I don't know a name, and they have to come up with it on the top of their head, like, you're like a fine wine. We had to sit, and we had to, re- we had to really think about what your name is going to be, and I've had a lot of time to gestate on that, and I, and I def, I settled on Tom Bong Padil, and let me pronounce that again. Tom... Bong Badil. Tom I just Bong want, Badil. I just want you to sit back with that for a second because Tom, uh, because Bong here's the story Badil. is I've I've known you for probably fifteen years. I think that sounds about right. And Um I've played as Fatty Boulder in his Lord yeah, of the Rings game. So But no, like our our friendship was arguably started through Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and one one thing that's hilariously come up in like conversations every year of our friendship is Tom Bombadil as a character. Like when we <laughs> when we used to like have a party and get drunk, we would turn to each other and be like, "Yeah, but like, why is that segment in Fellowship? Why like out of comp- like you could be talking about like a girl, you could be talking about what we're drinking, and I'll just be yeah, like, Yeah, drink. but what's the point of Goldberry? <laughs> And you'll just be, and you'll just, you'll hit me with straight logic, like, right off the bat. And then there's, like, three people who are like, who the fuck is Goldberry? What the fuck are you talking about? Who's that Goldberry? Are you guys fucking high? Yes, but. And we would be like, yeah. So that's that's the story of your name. I think it's hilarious. There are only two people I I actually went out of the way to plan names for, and you're one of them. The cartoon you're going to have for the YouTube is going to look like an Aqua Teen Hunger Force character it's gonna have your goatee eyes and glasses but it's gonna be a bomb (laughs) (laughs) your nose is gonna be the slot like (laughs) i'm telling you right now so that in four fucking months when you see your one episode up on the youtube (laughs) you're just gonna be like (laughs) whatever you're doing you're gonna be sitting at your desk at work and i'm gonna text you and be like hey look at this and you're gonna be like <laughs> you could be in a meeting with like <laughs> surrounded by people and just be like, angry clients like, yelling oh, at me. Right, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I have to interrupt this. Let me check my phone. Right. <laughs> just go back to. All right, now we need to we need to get we need to get him fired. We need to get him fired and out of here, ASAP. Right now. <laughs> I can't oversee any of this 
I do not approve of any of it. I don't know what job I'm giving you. I make you sound like a fucking drug lord in my mind. So... I'm... Uh, isn't... Uh, that's what I've been applying that's for. That's what you've been doing. Yeah, I just go on Indeed and, like, find the search drugs category and yeah. then, like, try to, like... Lord. I've got good credentials it's, it's for Lord a drug status, lord. It's the Lord status, right? Because yeah. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It's the Lord status. Just I mean... That- like I'm, I'm like ready captain. to, like, learn everything about the rest of the job, Yeah. but I think I've got the lord side covered. Me, you have to knight me first, and I have to definitely, I have to approve of the lordship status. We here on Lots of Pasta, we, we read scary stories that are what? found on the internet. I, I That's thought what we're we doing. That's pasta. What, yeah, you'd think that I, from the name, but it's actually, it's talking I, about creepypasta. But I... I brought like tomato sauce and yeah. basil and like. <laughs> let me <laughs> got some let mushrooms. Me, let me stop you for a second, Not Tom. Bo- let me stop you for a second, Tom Bombadil. Yeah. This is episode fucking seventy, and you don't <laughs> think I've heard these jokes yet? You don't think there's a single person in our friend group? You don't think there's but a single person in our friend group? But did they bring fresh basil and mushrooms? What's funny is the canceled episode fifty. We actually ate pasta. <laughs> I actually cooked, I cooked a rigatoni, I cooked a, I cooked a, a penny vodka, penny vodka a la spook. Ooh, a la spooky. spooky. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, we, um... <laughs> well, fuck you for your own originality. You, you don't think we would have made it to episode 70 without having to hear this shit? You don't think, it's like, like, Frowns is sitting in the other room right now, like, he's not even here for the recording, and I can tell you right now, he ends his first episode saying, like, what kind of pasta? Like, I don't see any... And then, and then he changes it every episode. Son of a bitch. <laughs> no, but like, like I've even I've I've heard Django Phillips walk in and be like, uh, I love pasta. I heard I heard a uh, Bo- Sir Booberry like his first episode. He's like, where's the pasta? Yeah, fuck man, <laughs> fuck. fuck. Who me. the fuck are you? Who the fuck do you think you are? All right, Bong so Bidil. it's Tom Bongbadil here. <laughs> what if what if the bong is also like at the very top of it is wearing like Tom Bombadil's hat. Um, or what if it's like, I what if you have his boots? You boots? remember his boots? His boots were very important. Yes. So we can get the boots. So it's a bong on boots. Yes. Um. <laughs> With a hat and a pipe. Yes. But your beard, eyes, nose, mouth, glasses. But like <laughs> a bong holding a pipe. This thing is going to look like an abomination. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> I would it actually, is. I would actually, I'm going to go. Now even, make it. I'm going to go even farther and say that. A bunch of baby ducks's design on the YouTube actually does look like an abomination. I formed, I'll cut his name. A I bunch formed, of baby ducks. I formed his entire face out of ducks. That's what his cartoon is. Okay. He loved it because it's ducks, but it looks like an abomination. It I'll just see. Pro- it sounds like that. Uh, Terry the Tickler's is nightmarish. I yeah yeah. No, I based his right. off of Jeff the Killer. It's hilarious. Um, but anyway, yeah. I've, we, yeah, I've just been thinking. Yeah, we uh, we read scary stories. Um, but just from our conversation earlier. Yeah. So we were talking about how Eric Andre was cast in the Lion King movie. In the new Lion King movie. And I was thinking, um, are we sure? Because I've never heard that character's name in this show, movie before. Yeah, it's one of the hyenas. I don't even think so. I, I do no, believe it's the hyenas. I, I don't... I'm pretty sure he's just going to be reprising his role as uh-huh. the guy who didn't get the job at the Fruit Loots factory and is telling people on the subway to eat him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was just gonna say, in the set. I was going to say, if anything, his character is just going to be like... It's going to be a it's gonna be a lion. It's going to be a hyena, but it's going to be wearing his sunglasses and headband, yelling at people to vote for Ranch. And then <laughs> just the rest of the cast is just going to be acting on. He's the main character. He's the main character of this new movie. (laughs) Eric Andre in The Lion King. See it when? I don't know. May? No. Next year, December? Yeah, go fuck yourself. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. Vote for Ranch! Ranch! Yeah, Ranch Extreme, bro. So, uh, getting back to it, lots of pasta. We read scary stories that we found online. We read them from unsettling stories. We read them from Reddit No Sleep. We read them from Creepy Pasta. Tom Bongbadil, have you read any Creepy Pastas before? Of course. How do you think I know what truly happened in Pokemon? True Lavender Town. We we read that on episode twenty. Good. The classics. Yeah. The classics. 
Yeah, so we we read the scary stories, and this uh, this first one I saved specifically for you okay. because uh, because of the title. Because we're um yeah I'm not we're not in my basement right now. We're not recording from my basement. We're recording from a guest room of my uncle's house in Jersey City. Yep. <laughs> so, but where 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 do you live currently? Somewhere. Where is where. On the uh, definitely not there. It's de- okay, so it's definitely not. Yeah, it's definitely not what we're what we're about to say. It's close, but <laughs> <laughs> so the title is "There is nothing wrong in East Flatbush, Brooklyn." There is nothing wrong in East Flatbush, Brooklyn, from unsettling stories. Read me a bedtime story. That's pretty much the show, dude. Um. <laughs> Reading a bedtime story. You can tell just by how the police are leaving the area, broadcasting reassurances as they go. If there was something wrong, the police would be staying. Ignore the rumors you're hearing. I thought the cat was walking in. (laughs) First off, it makes no sense whatsoever that one of them would be just crawling on top of King's Theater. Imagine how ridiculous it sounds. You can go there yourself, and you won't see anything. I'm assuming you won't even see the theater. Nothing (laughs) shimmers, nothing floats. Anyone who says they can see it is trying to trick you. Stand on the corner of Church and Flatbush, and look towards the theater, past the ambulances, and the bodegas, I'm assuming. Several bodegas. (laughs) Like, at least five. Uh, there, There was an unrelated shooting not long ago, it's already been investigated and deemed to be unrelated. Yes, there is blood on the streets. No, it is not more the blood than the human body can hold. Yes, this is East Flashbush. Yes, this is a normal day. I don't get why this is scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's... Yeah, yeah, okay. This, uh, this shouldn't be scary. When When is the next part coming? Where is yeah. the scary part? Yeah, when, when we get to the story. <laughs> when we get to the story, Dad. Oh, God, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, story. If you if you're too nervous to go out, it's fine. Stay indoors. It's warm today, so I assume your windows are open. Those sounds you hear in the sky are helicopters. Just the police going back to other boroughs where they can concentrate on real emergencies. If one of the helicopters looks unfamiliar, it's just because of new technology the police have. You should be assured by that. Look, I was there. Space helicopters. (laughs) That could have honestly been the end of the story. You would have liked that, wouldn't you? If it just ended abruptly (laughs) like that. It's about the level of quality I'm expecting. I was on. You've read many good stories on this (laughs) show, dude. I could give you the episodes. There are many very good stories on here. I would say 50% of the time they're bullshit. Okay. I'm hoping for some bullshit. Sure. I was on Ocean Avenue by. Uh, Cortell, you, you can tell him in a different block. Um, Cortell, you? Sure. And, and I saw the initial commotion. I crossed over onto Flatbush and saw what I thought were crowds of people shifting and disappearing and showing up in different locations somewhere a few feet above the street. I th- saw something shimmering above us all. I saw the dragonflies. Ooh, sweet. I watched their... Wings flapping in sync with one another, another as they formed patterns in the sky. Did I think that was strange? Of course I did. Of course I was scared. Between that and the people shifting from here to there. From here to there, Latte. Uh, <laughs> That's great. Um, that is the only bit of accenting work you will see this entire <laughs> night. <laughs> Not nearly high enough for that. But but I wasn't scared of... some more weed. Do you want to get there? But I wasn't scared of anything, dot, 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 extraterrestrial, <laughs> dash, to use the word. <laughs> the crazy people are sprouting today. I was scared for my own sanity. I was scared for the state of my own mind. Same people don't see people being pulled out of the air and dropping from great heights. Oh, no. Same people don't see the walls of buildings crumble as if something enormously heavy is climbing them. Sane people don't hear voices in a language they never heard before, but can understand perfectly. But I saw and heard all of that. I heard what they told me as they watched the, as I watched the bodies take to the air and then splinter against the pavement. 
The dragonfly whispered reassurances to me. I like those dragonflies. They're nice. They're like good people. To go home. <laughs> to get rest. To take a nap. Yeah. To reassure anyone else who might be concerned. I am sane. A sane person will admit what he's seen were hallucinations. I might have been out in the sun too long. I might have not had enough water to drink. So please, if you're seeing or hearing things about East Flatbush, or if what you've read about East Flatbush is starting to happen in other places, maybe near you, stop worrying. It's okay. Watch the air shimmer and see the dragonflies follow in a gorgeous insectile contrail. If one of them breaks formation and comes, in t comes to your window, let him talk to you. If you were ever scared, you'll feel better soon. Trust me. Trust the dragonflies, bro. Yeah, they seem trustworthy to me. Trust them. They're just trying to help you. There's yeah, nothing wrong in these flatbush. There's nothing wrong! Dragonfly flew in uh, through my window in Jersey City last night. You know what he said to me? Hmm. Smoke some more weed. And then he said, there's nothing wrong in East Flatbush, bro. There's nothing wrong with this Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Where did you get that weed? Don't I want dragonfly weed. Yeah. Sell me some of that, mister. Although I do know, I do have this one friend who has the best weed I have ever, like, you need to come visit in this anonymous location. Sure. And, like, I've seen this weed kill parties. That's fantastic. Just one pass around the party, and then everyone's just... On their back, like fucking turtles. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, I'm going to read this one because it sounds funny. Because I feel like I, you know, I, I I live in a basement by myself. Yeah. And I don't get out very often. <laughs> so <laughs> I might be an I'm introvert, him. and I might need help coping. This is three signs you may be an introvert and how to cope. Dash, dash. I like this. It's like a self-help hidden in a horror story. <laughs> so, Unsettling Stories is a site maintained by several uh, writers, and I always okay. find that the quality the is, is much higher because they probably do this as a job or they probably do it as a side hustle. Yeah. You know, like they... Side they put they Yeah. They Leaks put, they put more effort right into it, you know? No, yeah. So, like, it's better than just posting it for free on Reddit No Sleep, you know? I, I do see some unsettling stories circulate Reddit, but um, I find the yeah, quality is a lot better. Yeah. You would like a lot of their stories because a lot okay. of them are body horror. A lot of them... Okay. A lot of them sit on this kind of... If, if their mountain had, like, two sides and they lean either side... Like throughout a story, mm -hmm. it tends to be like bugs and okay. body horror. Okay. So the dragonflies don't surprise me at all. Okay. And yeah, that was better than I was expecting. That's what I mean. You would like most of their stories. Some okay. of them are like slice of life where it's like something going on and they quote like a place to draw attention, to draw people to look at the story. Sometimes it'll just be a name. Okay. Um, there are some really good ones. Uh, episode 13. Episode thirteen is called "My Dick Hurts," and that's because <laughs> and that's because we read several unsettling stories about like general genital mutilation and shit. Okay. Um, the other, the other one is um, I think it's twenty six. Uh, twenty six six six. I think I called it. Um, it's uh, there's another body horror one in in that episode that was really surprising, mm. and it ended with like a, a twist. Okay. That I didn't see coming. But anyway, this is Unsettling Stories. This is three signs you may be an introvert and how to cope. I've always felt anxiety and pressure in social situations. It wasn't that I disliked the people around me. Far well, from I do it. right now, but no. Yeah, no, it's all right. <laughs> but something about the I expectation to perform in a social capacity always filled me with dread. I know, right? Like, why Why leave? Why even exist? Man? I don't know. <laughs> for, for a while, I thought I was broken. Everyone I knew loved hanging out and being around one another. In one of my peaceful moments of alone time, I decided to do a little research to find out if something was wrong with me. Peaceful moments. I learned about introversion. I learned about countless millions of people just like me. It became my mission to discover and understand the ins and outs of that mindset so I could better myself. Mm. I finally realized I didn't have to change who I was. I could embrace it. Over the years, I've cultivated knowledge I feel may be helpful to other introverts who don't know there are people like them. I want to share with you some examples of situations where I felt uncomfortable and how I handled them. I don't expect anyone to encounter the exact same situations or react the same way, but I think this will be a good template for other introverts to use. 
Okay. You want to read that number for me? Um, yeah, so they have, like, the bolded titles. One, do you feel enormous anxiety about having to go to parties? You may be an introvert. There was a party at my college. My boyfriend at the time, Jay, really wanted me to attend. This was at a really bad time in my life, and the last thing I wanted to do was plaster a smile on my face and interact with drunk strangers. I tried and tried to convince Jay that I didn't feel well and that the party wouldn't be a good idea, and he kept trying to guilt trip me into going. Anyway, after a while, I told him I'd go. The party was a couple days away. I was really upset with both Jay and myself. I was mad at him for not respecting my claim that I was sick, but I also hated myself for being so messed up that I was forcing him to have to make me go to a silly party. I didn't sleep for two nights because I was so nervous. On the day of the party, while Jay was still sleeping, I secretly took a dose of syrup of Ipecac. <laughs> when Jay awoke, I was in the bathroom, puking my guts up. I never felt so sick in my life, but he finally believed me. Hours later, after he'd made sure I was going to be okay, he went to the party by himself. I won. <laughs> my stomach still hurt, but the night alone was wonderful. <laughs> Have you ever been at work? and been told you need to do something that fills you with dread because you'll have to interact with other people. You may be an introvert. Years later, there was a mandatory retreat at my job. All employees had to go for team building or something similarly awful. I just started feeling comfortable at work too. I'm a designer, so I get to spend most of the day alone drawing logos or characters oh. or whatever for clients. Oh, no. This really hits close to home. Hearing I had to go on this retreat <clears throat> brought terrible breathless anxiety i didn't know what to do on my drive to the convention center i saw a homeless man sitting near a payphone i had an idea we spoke for a few seconds i handed him a quarter and a twenty dollar bill then i got back in my car i drove up the street parked and watched the man in my mirror he picked up the phone and dialed a minute or two later he hung up and ran away i pulled the car back into traffic and kept going toward the retreat ten minutes later I got a phone call from my supervisor saying someone had called in a bomb threat at the convention center. We were to come to the office and treat it as a normal workday. <laughs> Does the thought of seeing people from your past make you feel awful because you will be in a situation where you need to talk about your life? You may be an introvert. My sister Melinda was having her baby shower. She's only a couple years older than me, so we knew many of the same people in high school. She's still friends with most of them. I'm not. Most of them used to make fun of me, while others only talked to me because I was Melinda's sister. I didn't want to go, at all. My car was in the shop, so Melinda offered to pick me up. There was no use trying to fake being sick. Mel knows that I'm an introvert and gets anxious in social situations, but this was important to her. She wouldn't take no for an answer, so I fucking killed her. She picked me up a few hours She picked me up a few hours before the party so we could go to our parents' house where the event was being hosted. The plan was to help my mom set things up so she didn't have to do it at all. I wanted to do the setting up and leave, but that was out of the question. Mel's phone rang while we were on our way. It was her friend Denise. Apparently Denise and eight other guests oh, had Denise arrived early to help mom with the decorating so Mel Jeez, wouldn't have to. Die. While Mel was elated, I was distraught. I'd built in a mental countdown that gave me three hours before I'd have to be around those people. I was planning on using those hours to try to get myself into a state of mind where I could accept being with them, but now it's gone. I've no time to prepare. I started to silently panic as we hurtled down the highway toward my impending mm. social cataclysm. I was sweating, everything blurred. My heartbeat was like a series of constant detonations behind my ribcage. Ahead of us on the side of the highway, I saw a family of deer. One of the fawns placed a foot on the pavement. I saw an opportunity. I screamed, look out, and grabbed the steering wheel, turning it in the opposite direction. Our car struck the median, flipped over it, and sent us into oncoming traffic. Another car hit us at 70 miles per hour. Somehow, when the whirlwind of chaos had ended and the car was no longer moving, I was relatively unhurt. My arms and leg were broken, that I could tell immediately, but everything else seemed okay. Mel's side had taken the brunt of it. Mel was pinned by her legs by the steering column. She was bleeding badly from her head, but she was breathing. Her hands were flailing at her belly. I looked down, a piece of metal from God knows where had carved a deep gash through her lower abdomen. I could see the wet loop of intestines sticking out, and then something else. A tiny, twitching foot. 
the baby shower was canceled. So if any of these scenarios of socialization and togetherness make you feel anxious or lightheaded, you may be an introvert. I hope this helps because nothing is worse than feeling like you have no control over your life. Sometimes it's just good to be alone. And you know what? There was nothing wrong with it. There's no shame in being different. Fun times. I killed my sister's baby. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. Uh, he's alright. He fucked up he's, the computer. He's alright. He's an alright one. Yeah, uh, unsettling stories also has a lot of uh, dead babies. Okay. They, they don't. They don't. Uh, they don't hide going there with it. So this one is also from Unsettling Stories. I thought you'd like them the most, which is why I picked them for your episode. How do you feel about them so far? They're pretty good. They're like actually like quality stuff. Sure. WikiLeaks rejected a State Department document and demanded that I destroy it from <laughs> Unsettling Stories. Did like Assange purposely deliver it or did the Russians deliver it or how does this work? Another snowed in. My uncle worked for the State Department. He died a couple weeks ago. As per State Department policy, whenever one of their high-ranking employees dies, the department sends a small team to the home of the deceased to ensure they had no sensitive documents in their possession. It's not that they distrust their dead colleague, they just don't trust his family. The department team came to my uncle's house one morning, spent a few hours rifling through his closets and drawers, and left with a small pile of papers. They expressed their condolences for my loss. They left. I never saw them again, not even at the funeral. One night, I visited and found him on the door, dying of a heart attack. He told me something. It's something that I would prefer to have never heard. Some, something that made me wish I'd gotten to his house 20 minutes later to find him dead. Rockville Bank. Rangely. Where, where, where is that? Maine? Maine. Deposit box four four two six. The key was on. The <laughs> Thank you for the performance. The key was on the ring between his car and the house keys. I pocketed the key before the paramedics arrived. He was dead by then. I went through the emotions, arranging what needed to be arranged, and let the State Department do their thing. Last week, I drove from D.C. up to Wrangley. I showed the bank the documents proving I was in charge of my uncle's estate and the owner of the contents of the box. The bank manager unlocked the main lock on top and then left me to unlock the other one on the bottom. I find this convenient because just last week they released the JFK shit. <laughs> <laughs> and part of me is like, fuck, this guy's lockbox has like the JFK assassination <laughs> photos. Still alien or something did the assassination. <laughs> Inside was an envelope containing a single sheet of paper dated August 4th, 2016, that looked like it had been pulled out of a fire. I took it from the box, left the bank, and read it in my car. I had to preface this by saying I've never been one for conspiracy theories. In fact, I think, <laughs> I think they're all a bunch of bullshit. We landed on the moon. Oswald killed Kennedy. Islamic terrorists brought down the Twin Towers. Vaccines are safe and important. None of the major conspiracy theories have been able to hold up water under any scrutiny, and all the exponents of the theories are, in some way or another, unhinged. But, but there's nothing inside me that can adequately explain away what I read on that sheet of paper. Yes, it might be a hoax. During the long drive back to DC, I almost convinced myself it was. But my uncle wouldn't do something like that. He took his word seriously. He was passionate and moral. And all evidence pointed to the fact that this document was real. And if that were the case, people needed to know about it. That had to have been why my uncle had hidden the file away. He wanted me, or someone else, to disseminate it after the fact. I made up my mind, and when I got home, I submitted it to Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, thank you for uh, letter. Thank you for letter. Uh, we, uh... Goodbye. <laughs> Five minutes later, I just... I he submitted it to WikiLeaks. I did just to get back to the title. It's WikiLeaks. 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 Five minutes later, I received a phone call. Destroyed... <laughs> no, 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 you had it, you had it. Destroyed the scan you sent us. It is not real. Destroyed the file and physical document. Do not attempt to submit it again. 
we know, know who, who you are. are. We know who you are. <laughs> I do have more accent work in me. <laughs> you I'm do? Not... I'm surprised. <laughs> I haven't provided any of the personal information to Trump. The... <laughs> God damn it. I hadn't provided any of the personal information to WikiLeaks. They don't even ask for it. And hardly anyone has my phone number. Plus, no one else knew I had that document in my possession. If anything could have proven the document was authentic and important, that was it. That all happened last Friday. Every day since then, I have gotten calls from different numbers, all asking the same question. Is, Is it, it gone? Is it destroyed? <laughs> Is it gone? Is it destroyed? <laughs> Each time, I hung up without saying anything. This morning, though, the voice on the other end asked something different. You will die if that document is leaked. I hung up and called the police. We said they would send a car over, but that's the most fictionist part of this. <laughs> <laughs> and they actually would do their job. <laughs> yeah, we can't help you. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, uh... What? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still worried. I was going to destroy the document, but not before I just transcribe it. Not before I put it in line. Even if they get to me, even if they kill me, I'm not sure I want, want to continue living in a world where the contents of that document are real. I replace the burn marshes, marks with dashes. The content is still discernible. The content is still available. Whatever happens with this, once it's out in the open, my conscience can be clear. If this is the, my last day alive, maybe I'll be rewarded for bringing this to light. God knows, though, I may never sleep again. U.S. Department of Stakes, WikiLeak, and J.A. Documentation Summary. J.A. ordered multiple attempts on the life of B.O.J.B.H.C. According to Dash, sources in Dash of Ecuador, London. The electronic surveillance of the Dash is ongoing, although human intelligence dash. Following dash offers of funding, most attempts linked to JA have stopped. Tactical reversion to JA dash, Embassy of Ecuador, London dash, budgeted to silence sexual assault dash, and smear accusers in tabloid dash as promiscuous or drug users. JA accepted the dash. GBP sum in exchange for keeping secret USUKBZIT-dash for refugee experimentation. Holy shit. C-cable-dash-dash experimentation via bio biological, chemical, radiological, dash, 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 refugee populations in SY being moved, dash, 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 though Ciprofloxacin. Shortages make it diff difficult to keep alive before reaching BZ and IT tabloids. JA accepting variable sums to hold back information, dash, to sick and dying refugees. JA received cables from dash from RU, RE, dot dot, US in initial success in UK lab, dash, Zika, Zika manipulation. manipulation. Fuck. Zika reengineering and subsequent failure, dash, Reanimation of dead tissue. Loss of contaminant in F-L-U-S-G-A-U-S-L-O-N-U-K. Dash. Some bodies regaining movement and autonomy. Dash, dash. Following brain death. In some cases, full recovery. Dash. Motivation altered. WikiLeaks and JA rejecting. Dash. Reports for GP, GPB 1M million, maybe? I'm thinking million. 1M per... Google, Yahoo, Microsoft, and others complying dash dash. Final note, JA assassination on dash dash 2016 reported successful by dash Ecuador, London, and US team dash via gunshot wound to head, body dash reanimated likely, dash dormant Zika, dash accidental exposure to lost mosquito, dash LON UK lab, J.A. New Motivation Unknown, Gunshot Dash, Covered by Hairstyle Dash, Overwound, Still Responsive to Dash, and Communications. Internet in general is still unaware of bioengineered Dash, Outbreak Dash, and the families of citizens in U.S. and U.K. Dash Dash remain 
reanimated, dead without anyone knowing. Monitor cables from Dash and RU avoid mosquito exposure. They just turned the Zika virus into a zombie virus. Kind of a zombie, because they're like sneak zombies. Sneak zombies. And like, like they reanimate with those new brains, and then they do something. Pretty good. Yeah, I like I like faux documentation. That was probably yeah. hard to listen to, folks. But if you're reading the document, it looks like an omitted document. Just imagine all of the dashes were just redacted information. So like when you put it into the context, it's really just like... A, a status report of experimentation that have been going on with uh, anything from refugees to, to like yeah. war prisoners okay. um, in different countries all around the world. Yeah. Like a like a conversation that's been going on uh, between London. I saw Russia there. I saw um, the UK. Maybe even oh, America. Hey, surprise guest friends, me boo hoo. What's going on? Whoa, whoa, whoa! And that was special guest John Cena. Your story sucks! <laughs> special guest John Cena. John Cena! Keeping with the conspiracy city bullshit, you know, uh, yeah. that's that's kind of why I thought that you would like these. Because They're it's, good. It's, it's semi-believable writing. Um, you would really enjoy any episode with Django. You really okay. would, because all of his episodes are slice of life. Um, the best stuff we've read on his episodes are by far the search and rescue stories from like national park. Oh, okay, yeah. it's it's just and it's again one of those like they're like reporting it or like documentation. Yep. Yeah, those are fun. Yeah, um, it's people just just work a job and talk and just mm, talk shit. You know. Yeah. Anyway. This one is called My Street Was Blocked Off and Guys in Hazmat Suits Were in My Neighbor's House. Mm. He must have gotten that zombie Zika. Zika. Or dragonflies. I actually did. I, sever- I did several projects in, uh, in art school on Zika. Um, okay. Because uh, it really affected the, um, the travel business. Mm. Just because uh, a lot of people were canceling shit for yeah. Caribbean and Mexico. Despite okay. there being more shit in the U.S. than there were in either of those And it's just a panic. Yeah. Is like yeah, no, the, the Zika panic, it was, really, it was really fucking nuts. So, yeah. We weren't allowed to leave our home. The suited men were everywhere and kept insisting it was for our own safety. They wouldn't give us a hint about what was going on. Being right across the street, I stayed glued to my front window. It was fascinating at first, then interesting, then tedious. Still, I felt like I had to keep watching. There was something going on in there, and I needed to know what. Nothing on our television gave any indication something was wrong. Our cell phones had no service. It was as if the signals were being blocked. Mind if I cut in for a second? Yeah. Uh, Advice for writers uh, doing these creepypastas. Um, When you're doing um, an eye-person narrative introduce the character a little more so we can picture him better. Anyway. Yeah. Well, the thing with... That's that's one of the reasons why I think the hazmat suit... The um, uh, ones with documentation are so well done. Yeah. Because it's like you can picture these like guys it's, doing their yeah. job. And... Um, the thing with creepypasta is they generalize and lack specific detail as to put the reader into okay, the context yeah. of, like, go look out your window right now. Yeah. At least speaking for unsettling stories. I can't okay. necessarily sleep. I can't necessarily speak for, like, fucking Jeff the Killer or any of that <laughs> shit, you know? Okay. Um, there's, there's, there's a certain level, but I absolutely agree with you. Um, what I was going to say was, if there are people in hazmat suits across the street from you, you probably shouldn't be there. Yeah. You probably shouldn't be there. Go stay with family out of town. You know, like why are you, <laughs> why are you taking front seat to a shitstorm? Why are you taking yeah, front seat to a, for a bit, you know, to a to yeah. a virus to a, like think of the things they have to wear hazmat suits for like chemicals virus chemicals radiation viruses like <laughs> fucking outbreaks infections like get the fuck out what are you doing? Yeah. And then the next thing I thought was like. Alright, now they deserve it. They're staying, <laughs> they're staying there telling a fucking story. They, they have failed their genre savviness. They're out of here. Yeah. Which, although to be fair, if, I, if this was a horror story, I would fail the genre stuff so bad. Oh, sh- sure. I'd sure. be dead in two minutes. <laughs> yeah. I'd be the one who'd yeah. go into the creepy basement. You know, like, oh, like, uh, I think rule number one of zombies is, like, cardio. And it's just like, that's not mine. I'm dead. <laughs> oh, well, I'm dead. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I'm dead. <laughs> Toward the end of the first day, I started to feel a surprising amount of apprehension. 
my wife too, it felt as if we were about to receive terrible news, despite not having any reason to. Don't, no, you have a reason to. Oh no, I think he has a reason to. Your neighbor is surrounded by hazmat. It felt as if I were about to receive terrible news, despite not having any reason to. Another hour passed as we moped around the front room, frequently glancing toward the window at the commotion across the street. Around 8 p.m., the sound started. Okay. It was low but intense. We felt it in our stomachs and teeth. Nice. Everything in the house rattled. A portrait of Lucy and me on our wedding day fell okay. off the wall, shattered the glass frame. Our dog, Pupper, that's a real original name, oh, yelled I love that from name. this hiding place <laughs> under the sofa. What's up, Pupper? Outside, hazmat-suited people poured from the neighbor's house. They huddled behind the trucks parked alongside the property line and waited. Waited. The sound intensified. I could feel my teeth throbbing in their sockets, and Pupper ran around in circles, <laughs> barking and panicking. A vile smell filled the room. It had not been produced by any of us. <laughs> Lucy? <laughs> Lucy! Pupper? Did you shit your pants? <laughs> Pupper? Pupper? Pupper, you fired. You need to go out. Pupper? You shit your pants. A red miasmal cloud seeped Ooh, the from, the from the doors and windows of the house across the street. Yeah, I you felt should panic leave. rising in my chest and instinctively brought my shirt up to cover my nose and mouth. My wife did the same. I picked up Pupper and carried him into the upstairs bathroom and placed him in the tub. It was his favorite place whenever <laughs> he was scared, but I also hoped he'd be safer. The house shook like it had been hit by a truck. More objects fell from the walls and cabinets. Back Why downstairs, Lucy yelled, here? Run, car! <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, you have to see this. You have to see this. Okay. That's what I was expecting you to say. <laughs> I galloped down the steps and pressed my face against the window. A massive crack had formed in my neighbor's front yard. I couldn't tell how deep it was from where I was standing, but from the way the cops and hazmat guys approached it, I got the impression it was very deep indeed. Beside me, Lucy slumped over. Before any concern or alarm could register, everything went dark. Hours passed without either of us seeing or feeling anything. Lucy was the first to wake up, and the sound of her throwing up roused me soon after. I felt okay before opening my eyes, but the moment I did, I felt overwhelming nausea. My head spun. The room spun. Everything spun. I slammed my hands over my eyes, and the dizziness went away. Close your eyes, I yelled to Lucy upstairs. I heard Pupper retching and whimpering. Lucy sobbed and stumbled around blindly as I narrowed my eyes into slits and tried to see what lay behind the front window. There were shapes I recognized. The orange hazmat-suited men walked around the crevasse and in and out of the neighbor's house. The red mist that had poured from the windows and doors appeared to have congealed and fallen on the lawn and bushes and street. The men walked through it with some difficulty, as if it were tacky. The smell was still there, yeah, but less powerful. That's pretty bad. It's like, uh, are you really going to go with that decoration? <laughs> All this was glimpsed through narrowed, bleary eyes. Like nothing was sharp. Nothing was focused. Any attempt to properly resolve anything beyond the distance of my nose resulted in another bout of acute nausea. Behind my confusion, behind my churning stomach and roiling bowels, lurked profound, primal fear. It was a feeling there was something outside our home that didn't want to be seen. Pupper cried from the room above us, and Lucy crawled on her hands and knees up the stairs to, to try and comfort him. Outside, I heard shouting. Without thinking, I widened my eyes and tried to look. An astonishing wave of sickness swept through me, and I collapsed to the ground, cradling my knees to my chest as my stomach contents drooled from my mouth. Mm. The shouts became frantic, but I was too weak to move. Colors shimmered before my eyelid-cloaked eyes, and I yelled to Lucy and Pupper to stay upstairs. Lucy said okay. Pupper did too. <laughs> the floor vibrated as men outside screamed. The nausea returned even with my eyes shut, and I gasped at the ferocity of it. A hideous, droning buzz filled the air again, oh, so and my consciousness left me. Dragonfly zombies! Dragonfly zombies! <laughs> when I woke up... It was still light out. I shouted up to Lucy, and she muttered something. I heard her and Pupper starting to move around in the bathroom. With a great deal of trepidation, I opened my eyes. But nothing happened. I felt fine. I lifted myself to my feet and looked around. The house was a mess. It looked as if there was an earthquake. Books and magazines and dishes and glasses were strewn everywhere. Cold air poured out of the broken front window. I looked outside and didn't quite understand what I was seeing at first. The gash in the ground had closed and now resembled an ugly scar. My neighbor's house was gone. Mm. Simply gone. 
The street and the yard were still covered in the unidentifiable red substance. Not a single person in a hazmat suit could be seen. I checked my phone. For the first time all weekend, it had service. To my disbelief, it was already Monday. Whatever had happened on Sunday morning had knocked us out for 24 hours. I dialed 911, and the operator told me very pleasantly that they had received calls from my neighbors and emergency services were on their way. That part was true. The police, fire department, and ambulances arrived shortly after my call. We were told on Tuesday that there had been a chemical spill, that a truck had taken a detour down our street and had inexplicably leaked. The substance reacted with something in the house and exploded. Something the house and exploded. And thankfully, Mr. Davidson wasn't home or else he would have been killed. Um, wait. I knew it was bullshit. I, I did too. No. Uh, All of us did. We had no evidence to prove. But we had no evidence to prove it was anything else. No, I'm just saying, why not just kill Mr. Davidson? (laughs) (laughs) No, the government probably did. But, but, but why keep him say he's thankfully he wasn't home? Just say he was home and died. And he's now piled of no, red they just they, they still just say the story. They say, oh no, he's fine. He's off on vacation in his, in his grandparents' but house over in Quebec. It's easier to kill him. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> he died in the thing that kills people. The, the spill, spill <laughs> had been all but cleaned up by Wednesday. Lucy and I did our best to clean the house and repair things, but we still feel lingering effects of whatever had made us so sick. That smell still sits in the air as if a reminder of what happened, whatever it was. And we want to forget it all. It's not easy, easy, though. though. It's not just the smell, it's the memories. It's the missing house. It's our poor pupper who hasn't been the same since. It's lots of things. But most of all, it's the people who showed up that night. People I've never seen before. People who, until they're physically threatened with violence by one of our neighbors, won't get out of the road or lawn across the street. People who congregate in circles and chant and yelp and dim candlelight. People who spend the hours dragging their tongues across the areas that have been covered in red slime. Nice. That little last little detail clenches it. I hope Pupper's okay. That's all I care. That's all I care about. Don't say that. That's all I care about at the end of the day. Is that be... Pupper's alright. Pupper's okay. Um, you wanna read a couple like one pages before we before we call it quits? We got a little bit of time. And you read it because I'm bored. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well at least you're honest. I'm not bored. I was I meant to say tired. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. This is a good one. This, I, love I like you. this. I like this. I get this feeling all the time, actually. This one, uh, this one's from it's from Toast. It's called The Other Side Tumblr. Uh, it's it's in the shower, and I've actually gotten this feeling a lot. I, I I really like this this short story. Have you ever been taking a shower while you're alone in your house and felt like something was moving around behind the curtain? Yeah. Or watching you? Did you look up? Did you catch the very vaguest hint of eyebrows or a tuft of matted, greasy yeah. hair above the curtain rod? Yeah, that's not a good idea. It doesn't really like it if you see it. It likes it the most when you've got your shampoo on your hair and your eyes are shut tight so your eyes don't sting, or even better, when there's soap and bubbles all over your soft pink face. It likes that the best because your eyes are clenched so tight, and even if you did want to open them, like if you heard a soft scratching across the plastic shower curtain, or a rasping of claws on the bathroom tile, well, you wouldn't open your eyes because it would burn, right? Right, don't don't open your eyes. Because if you ever see its face, catch its eyes, well, it'll notice. Nice. That was fun. <laughs> uh, you want to read one? Cabinet. This is a good one. It's cabinet. Also from Toast. This is gonna be the last, the last short story okay. on today's episode. Every family in every town, in every country, on every continent has one. It's a cabinet. Not particularly odd. Not out of place. The paint was peeling a bit on the corners, and the knob was a bit loose. The inside smelled like dust, and the paint wasn't the same as the kitchen walls. You hid there once during a game of hide and seek. No one told you it doesn't open back into your reality. Don't worry, you can't tell the difference. But everyone misses you. Okay. But everyone misses you. Just to let you know. You know, mm. you're not. 
You're not the same Tom Bombadil I grew up with. And that's okay. You you crossed over into that cabinet. <laughs> I got I actually think I might have been that one because uh when I was when I was like I think 3 or 4, uh, my my mom likes to tell this story to people because I'm a fucking idiot. Um apparently I just hid from my mom one day. She literally she was just like she was like screaming my name up and down the neighborhood screaming like running all over the fucking house in her car out of her car yeah, like everything and i was just sitting in a fucking cabinet <laughs> like my my mom literally so came into the just... living room and opened up the the entertainment system and i was just fucking sitting there i don't know if i was locked inside or if i just so thought it's it was an fucking... entertainment system an about... entertainment center you know like where, old, you put all the, where you put the an vcr old yeah, this is the 90s. This is where you put the VCR and the giant sound system. Yeah. Like, right under there. Right under the TV. And that's... I was sitting in there. I was just sitting in there. There was nothing in there. And, uh... And then you woke up in the Trump dimension. And then, yeah, and then I woke up in the Trump dimension. <laughs> this is the dimension where Trump is president. So, in case your other viewers are luckier well, than us. Maybe by the time this episode comes out, he, uh... He won't be president anymore. Maybe. <laughs> Django Phillips likes to make that joke a lot. <laughs> It's, he likes to say, he likes to begin, like, each episode just saying, like, man, remember when Trump was president? Wasn't that nuts? <laughs> like, and I'll just be like, you're a fucking asshole. It's like, right now, at the time of the recording, he still is. Yeah, but, like, you keep, his, his, I think his last episode begins with that, and I was like, it's still, he's still president. The joke, the joke won't land. You don't have a good, until there's proof, you don't have a great landing platform for that joke. Anyway, yeah, so I was here. I read a bunch of stories with Tom Bongbadil today. Um, is there is there anything you want to say? Is there any stories you want to tell before we go? Anything you want to tell the listeners? Any, anything? Um, fuck. How about a um, shout out to your sister? Because I can tell you for a fact uh, she's listened to more episodes. And she's <laughs> going to tell me how bad my episode was. <laughs> I expect her to do that. But, um, uh, it's gonna be we've, bad. We've given a shout out on several episodes, so I was here with Tom Bongvidil. We read some stories. Uh, anything you want to say before we get out of here? <sighs> too tired. For this. Yeah, you're too tired for this. That's a good. That's a good. I'm too tired. I'm too tired for life, man. You know, too tired for life. Tired for Just giving you know everyone. Stick your thumb out. Stick your pinky out. Give it a little wiggle. Yeah. Too tired for life. Let's all wiggle yes. together. There we go. And uh, so I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. I hope everyone found themselves nice and toasty tonight. Uh, what Whatever night this is. This was episode 70. Uh, you know, I hope you're not sober. Wherever you are, I hope you're not sober. Please don't hope, be sober. I hope you're... If you're in the fog and hope you're on, You know, like, I hope you're definitely on, I hope you're on a lot of shit. I'm, I think <laughs> this might be the first time where I've like, you know, do crystal meth. Do, do no, don't do heroin, but like don't do crystal meth. I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm jo- smoke crack. You have some crack. Smoke no. it. Like you know. Like just this is this oh, is the only no. episode. This is the only episode. Although I do know where to get some. People. I mean, you <laughs> what? Okay, I know. Where, I know where we're going. Get more.